This podcast is supported by Understood Explains. As parents, we are often having to figure out things as we go, and that is very true for our children's education. And to help you out, I want to tell you about a podcast called Understood Explains. This season is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Ortube, and she discusses all the things you'd want to know about individual education plans, or IEPs, what they are, why they're needed, who benefits from them, and what to expect when you have meetings with teachers. I could have really used this podcast when my son had an IEP for speech when he was six. I was overwhelmed trying to understand the process and what everything meant. The episode on Understood Explains, Does My Child Need an IEP?, was the kind of info that would have really helped me get the most out of the educational support of the IEP for my son. And if you need that kind of support, I really recommend this podcast. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. Welcome to Mom and Mind. I'm perinatal psychologist and host, Dr. Kat. There is more to the story than just postpartum depression. This podcast aims to share it all, from personal stories and lived experience to experts who break down the ups and downs of life from getting pregnant, pregnancy, perinatal loss, and postpartum adjustment to new parenthood. While this is not psychotherapy or medical advice, it is all of the stuff you ever wanted to know about mental health and new parenthood. Welcome back to Mom and Mind. I am your host, perinatal psychologist, Dr. Kat. We are going to be getting into some really important information on this episode today regarding couples transition into postpartum, into life with a baby, and what the new normal looks like and what it can look like. There's a lot of difficulties that come up in the transition to parenthood, some that take us by surprise, some that are expected. But what is really important and what you will hear throughout this episode is how important communication is. That can be a hard leap for some people, but it really is that important. And to share all of this really important info with us is Catherine O'Brien. She is a licensed marriage and family therapist and founder of happywithbaby.com. She created Happy With Baby in order for new parents to discover the advice she wishes she could have had as a parent. She is currently living and practicing in Sacramento, California, and can be found at Happy With Baby on her website, on Instagram, and on Facebook. And to boot, her new book, also entitled Happy with Baby, is a really fantastic resource for couples who are transitioning into life as new parents. All right, let's get into all of this good stuff and meet Catherine O'Brien. Hey, Catherine, thank you so much for being with us again. I'm really excited to have you on and talk about this awesome book that you wrote and all of the amazing work that you're doing. I think so many people need this kind of support. So I'm, I'm really glad to have a chat with you and find out what couples are going through in the transition of parenthood. Well, I'm so happy to be here and be back with you. Awesome. Super fun. I'm trying to think of like the first time we met and it feels like it was a while back. Um, yeah. Maybe in San Diego at the PSI so. conference or something like that. Oh, yeah. Anyways, it's been a minute. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and in that time, you've really grown a, a doing a lot for couples. And I know you and your husband ran a couple's workshop and you've been doing that for how long again? For over 12 years. That's amazing. 
Yeah. That's so I'm amazing. Like, how, I don't know. <laughs> my, my son is going to turn 13 in less than oh. 30 days. And mm-hmm. so I'm just like, how is that even a possibility? I don't know. I don't know. Time is weird. It's extra <laughs> weird right now too. Yes. Extra. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So you've been running that for a long time and you guys put all of that knowledge into your book. I'm happy with baby and I have it here. It's awesome. So, and your husband was able to give some perspective in there too about stuff, but this is like really a lot of your clinical knowledge stuff you've seen over years and years and now put into a book so that uh, folks can have that support at home too. Yes. Yeah. It's really awesome. So, yeah. So in terms of today, let's get into that. Let's talk about the transition to parenthood and really specifically, you know, for moms and then for the couple. So what are you finding? Well, I guess maybe I'll, I'll start with some of your, like some of the things you see in your workshop. What are the things that people are are coming in kind of, you know, struggling with or wanting to figure out? Yeah. So typically we can get, you know, we have people that are, they're expecting. And then we also have couples that are, you know, have a baby usually up to a year postpartum that will come. And so usually um, the couples that are expecting, they want, they've heard from their friends, like, oh, this is hard. Or, you know, now we've been doing it so long, you know, we'll get referrals from friends of friends. That's always good. Yeah. Um, But, you know, it is like what, you know, what are, you know, what are we in for? We want to make sure our relationships stay strong. Like, you know, how are we going to manage like all of, you know, everything from like laundry and feedings and what to do about like sleepless nights and um, then dealing with family members and stuff. And then also like the ultimate thing is like, how are we keeping that intimacy in our own relationship? And you know, for the couples that are already postpartum, like maybe they are struggling, you know, with the communication and not realizing really what the impact was going to be, which is why I came up with a workshop to begin with, because I did not realize the impact having a baby would have on uh, my relationship with my uh, husband. So usually that's what it is. And just kind of like the reinforcement of like, yeah, you are doing so much right, but it is, it's like a really hard time period. It's like, it takes a lot out on us. And I think, you know, we hear so often like, oh, it's such a, a wonderful time. Enjoy every moment. And, and all those things that I feel like you know, we're setting families up for failure <laughs> or uh, feel- yeah. failures, you know, like feeling like, oh, why, why is everybody else, you know, having an easy time, which they're not, you know, but it, it can look like that or feel like that. And so just wanting to give like perspective, like these are the things, these are what you have ahead, but this is how you can kind of you know, combat it and like, like tools you can have in place, like a postpartum plan is what we usually call it. So yeah, that's really important stuff. Are, do you find that people are surprised a lot at, at how much their relationship is impacted? Are they surprised? Like, I think sometimes, yeah, sometimes they're really surprised. Like oh, I didn't, like, I didn't realize it, or I thought, you know, maybe my partner would be more supportive or sometimes they're surprised. Like their partner is as supportive as they are, you know, or like mm-hmm. in different ways. And it's like mm-hmm. recognizing the things that they are doing, because I think partners are much more supportive than they were in the past. Like there's a mm-hmm. lot that really step up. And I think it's like figuring out how you each can recognize what the other person is doing and that it, it is going to be different, you know, for each of you. So, yeah, for sure. So in those first I guess if we're talking about like in that just initial postpartum period, 
where there's all all of this adjustment and well and also physical yeah. recovery. Yes. In that first bit of time in the early postpartum when yeah. when everything's new, bodies are healing and recovering. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone's exhausted. It can feel really disorienting. It yes. can be really hard to like figure out even what you're doing and a lot of people end up feeling obviously like overwhelmed and some people definitely are feeling like what am i doing i don't know what i'm doing in terms of that transition how are you seeing people move through that and get to a place where they feel better about about it and feeling empowered and they can help themselves like transition to a place where they feel like they know what they're doing well so i mean i think one of the hardest parts right with the pandemic is that the the support there's it's been harder to find the support or like the people like mm-hmm. coming to you for a large period of time it was like having that and i think when they start to like reach out for support and have a better support system and seeing like oh like some of this is is normal for a lot of different people it starts to like kind of like okay like i can do this like other people are doing this and mm-hmm. and here's some easier ways or like you know, listening to what other people are saying, it's like, oh, this is how they're doing it. You know, like, oh, this might be easier for me where I think sometimes when, you know, and I'm sure you saw this as well, like in those early, you know, months, like they're just like in it and there's like no one reinforcing like what they're doing, how they're doing it and how to like support them in that. And I think that was a really, really difficult time. And I think, you know, just reinforces how difficult, you know, how important it is that we need support postpartum. Yeah. than just our partner. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. It's a lot of a pressure on the relationship, which I, I want to get to in, in just a second. This podcast is supported by Starglow Media's Mysteries About True Histories. From the creators of the hit top-ranking kids educational podcast in the world, Who Smarted, the Emmy-nominated Nat Geo Disney Plus's Brain Games and Netflix's Brainchild, comes Mysteries About True Histories affectionately known as M-A-T-H, or math, in which kids ages six and up can hear humorous and educational stories that follow two best friends, Max and Molly, while they go on adventures through time, solving puzzles, hidden equations, talking about history, and making learning cool. Episodes transport listeners to moments in history like Pythagoras's ancient Greece, the era of the Aztecs, Sir Isaac Newton's England, and more. When I drive my son to school in the morning, we listen to these episodes that fit perfectly in our commute, with the episodes being about 15 minutes long. And this podcast is right up my son's alley because he loves to solve problems and happens to love math and the types of punny jokes that Max likes to tell. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. This podcast is supported by Posh Peanut. Raising a family can be tough, as we know, and it can also be amazing and beautiful. Posh Peanut gets it, which is why they make beautiful, soft clothing that is tough enough to withstand all of the rough and tumble of childhood, and they have sizing for parents as well. You could even get matching clothing for the whole family. Made from viscose from bamboo, the clothes stretch with your kid as they grow and are four times stretchier than cotton. These clothes are made to last loved by parents, and approved by kids. Posh Peanut makes thoughtfully crafted, beautiful, and stylish clothing for kids and families designed in-house, from beautiful florals to your favorite brands such as Hot Wheels, Disney, Hello Kitty, and Barbie. 
It's also breathable and chemical-free, which means they're delicate on sensitive skin. So I got my Posh Peanut loungewear, and I've been putting it on, especially after my long client days, because I need the instant comfort and relaxation. It's one of the ways that I do my self-care, because the soft, stretchy fabric of the Posh Peanut loungewear is really comforting to me. Right now, Posh Peanut is offering our listeners 20% off your first order with promo code MIND. Go to poshpeanut.com slash mind and use promo code MIND for 20% off your first order. That's poshpeanut.com slash mind, promo code MIND. But like, yeah, to your point, I was talking with a mom the other day who, without being in like a group of other moms or talking Mm -hmm. to other moms, was kind of didn't realize that she could do some of the things that other moms Mm -hmm. were doing. Like, oh, you can like take your baby to target and like those kinds of things that, you know, it made her realize a little bit of how um, anxious she was to do that. And it's really hard to have any of that perspective without, you know, what you're talking about getting some outside. Yeah. Perspective. Perspective. Yeah. That's exactly Mm -hmm. what I was going to say. Cause I think it is like, we need that reinforcement. We need that encouragement. We need Mm -hmm. that support. We need that, you know, yeah. All of those things. Yeah, for sure. Right. So that that's where like community and being in touch with other people is so super important. You know, I mean, I think we hear it all the time, how hard it is to be like honest and and Mm -hmm. real with other moms sometimes. Yeah. Other people in general, not even just moms, like sometimes our own parents or asking for help is a, is a huge challenge. Like it's admitting like we can't do it when mm-hmm. it's not like it is, it, we can't just do it like on our own. Like it's hard. It takes a toll if we do, you know? Yeah. Big time for sure. <laughs> and for people who feel like they're supposed to do it on their own mm-hmm. and shouldn't ask for help, uh, it's really rough. Cause yeah. like at the same time, you, you like desperately need rest and a break mm-hmm. and it feels too hard to ask for help. Yeah. Do you ever see that within couples? Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it can be help. It can be hard to ask. And it, it, sometimes it's hard to ask if they feel like their partners, like their job is hard or they hmm. have a lot of pressure. Like maybe they have, you know, that comes up often like, oh, they have, you know, they're struggling there, you know, like they have family stuff going on or they've got a big project at work or something. And I don't want to burden them with what I'm going through mm-hmm. or that I'm mm-hmm. having a hard time yeah. because I don't want to add more pressure or stress um, on them. All right. So it's kind of, I mean, I hear this a lot. Maybe you do too. It's easier if I just do it. Yes. <laughs> uh, like that. Kind maybe of immediately easier, yeah. <laughs> but long-term it's not easier. Yeah. Yeah. Can you yeah. speak to that a little bit? Like well, why long-term is it not easier to, to like ask for help from your partner? Because, well, for a lot of things, I think we can get resentful. Like if we don't ask for help and then, and then they don't do stuff because they don't know what kind of support or help that we need, or we're always like kind of, you know, going, you know, stepping in and doing whatever mm-hmm. um, that, but we do, we can get resentful towards them. Cause then it's like, they're doing less. And sometimes they, and this is what I'll hear from the partners. They feel like, well, they don't think I, they never let me. So, you know, they, they stop asking or they stop, you know, putting, you know, moving towards, I think it can be difficult. You know, it's physically, it can be, you know, exhausting. Like, especially if you're getting up all night long, or you're doing, you know, you're doing all the feedings, you're doing all the changings. And let's be honest, like the moms are usually have their own jobs and, you know, other things that they're doing too. I feel like I hear that a lot right now. It's like people are still working from home and 
you know, maybe they have like a nanny or the baby's in daycare or whatever for part of the time, but then there's always like an overlap where they're still trying to do some work and take care of their children and keep the house and everything. And they're not, you know, they're not asking for help or their partner's not hearing that this is a challenge for them and, you know, can be like really frustrating and cause arguments. And, you know, sometimes their partner doesn't even realize what is happening if they're not being clear about what they need or how, what the impact is on them, you know, especially if they're always like stepping in and trying to take care of it. Yeah. I mean, that creates like a really difficult dynamic because like the thing that you don't want, if you're the person who's needing help, but not asking Mm -hmm. for help or stepping in, you're getting less and less of what you need over time. Yes. That's really tough. Yeah. That, I mean, that resentment is, is really toxic over time to the relationship too. Right. Yeah. Right. And I always like think of it as like this wall of like resentment that Mm. goes up between the two of you. And then it gets to a point where like, you can't even like see each other. So if you want to, you know, work on it, like you're going to have to tear down that wall, which is a Mm -hmm. lot of work and repair and everything Mm -hmm. to actually get to each other and start Mm -hmm. like connecting and feeling like, you know, you're in this together. So, you know, like I've had couples that are like, oh, well, you know, when the baby's a year old, like it'll be easier. So then we'll, and I'm like, it's not, doesn't get easier because then you're, you're dealing with like all the frustration that you have for each other and that, and then you have to heal that first, you know? And then, you know, sometimes another baby comes along and, you know, how are you managing that? You know? And so sometimes we get couples like in our workshop, that is their second baby. And they're like, we don't want it to be as difficult the second time around, you know? So we want to have some things in place and like figure out like, how are we communicating better with each other in a way that we can hear what the other person's saying. Right. So that resentment is on both sides too. It's not just like, you know, the primary caregiver, but like the partner also, what are you seeing on the other side of the person who's like not necessarily the primary caregiver Mm -hmm. in terms of resentment? Yeah. Well, I think they feel, they can feel like their partner is it interested in them? Like is, is always Mm -hmm. about the children. And so they feel like that less connection and like, Oh, the, you know, the kids come first or whatever, or like, you know, you're too tired to even like do anything with me at the end of the day. And that can feel, you know, a lot of can build that resentment. And I think sometimes just even like the way, you know, communication can be hard because they, you know, one person might be shorter with the other person because they're frustrated and they're tired because they're doing a lot of stuff. And then it's like, "Ah, well, I don't even want to talk to you because (laughs) the way you talk to me doesn't feel good or doesn't sound good. Or like every time I say something, it's wrong or has a tone to it that doesn't feel good. Right. So, I mean, over time, that's just going to, that's going to be harder and harder and harder. Mm -hmm. And for people who are listening and kind of maybe like wondering if they're having this resentment or building it, like what, what are things that they could notice internally that might help them realize like, oh, maybe I am resentful. So one of the things like I always notice that when like my husband frustrates me, like if everything he does is annoys me or I find frustrating, like from, you know, I'm standing in the kitchen doing something and I feel like he's always in my way or, you know, like Mm -hmm. he doesn't wipe, you know, my big one is like, he doesn't wipe the water off the sink after he washes his hands or whatever. Like, and I don't always notice those things. Like those Mm -hmm. are like a, you know, a rarity now because, you know, we have worked a lot on our, but it's like, I know that like, if he does things that annoy me or just the way 
you know, he answers things or, you know, does things with the kids, then I'm like, okay, what's going on that I'm finding him so frustrating. And usually it comes back to like, not feeling connected, not feeling like somehow supported. And that means that clues into me, like I need to communicate with him better. I, we need to have like some one-on-one time we need, you know, we need to get on the same page or maybe like, I'm like feeling overworked and why is that? And do I need to ask him for more support in some areas? I could very well be it as too. So yeah, that, those little bits. I love how you're describing kind of like noticing how you're feeling, checking mm-hmm. in with yourself about what that is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm assuming that's a lot of what you guys talk about too and how to stay connected. There's, you know, million and a half ways you could feel disconnected, like from tired, being tired, feeling overwhelmed and not having time together, like, right. you know, all of these things. What are what are ways that people could start, like if they're worried about having that conversation about, oh, I'm mm-hmm. starting to like not feel connected to you. Mm-hmm. Um, what are ways that people can start having that conversation? Well, I always encourage my couples to like make, find the moments, like the small moments to do like quick check-ins with each other, like every day, like, you know, how's the day going? Or even like acknowledging to each other, like ways that you do feel supported or what you feel like is going well, because there usually are those things. Mm. When we feel more anger or resentment, it's harder to see that. But usually Mm. like there are some things. So if we can like look at like, oh, look at the things that they do that help make my life easier Mm -hmm. and try to build on that. But I think it's it's to have those little check-ins like, hey, you know, I'm struggling with this, you know, and maybe it's not even like with a relationship necessarily, but. I'm really struggling with like how I'm getting the kids, like all the things I have to do mm-hmm. in the morning, or I'm struggling with like my balance of work and home. And, you know, and then they, you you're, can welcome them into like, how can they help support you with that? Cause it's not saying like, you're not doing this. So, you know, this is how you're failing me. It's saying like, no, I need help. And maybe, I mean, this happens to me all the time. I don't know if this happens for you, but with, with my partner is like, if I say something and I'll be like, oh, I have da, 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 da. And then he'll be like, well, why do you have all those things? And then it's like these, you know, sometimes these internal pressures, like I have added for myself and then right. it, it can help me like shift the perspective. And I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I don't have to do that. These like timelines or dates or deadlines that I set for myself are like unrealistic or it's like, well, why didn't you say like, I can do this. Like you didn't even ask me. I'm more than happy to like pick this up, you know, mm-hmm. and help you, you know, take the kids to wherever they have to go. And it's like, oh, yes, you're right. <laughs> I guess I could have asked. But like sometimes, right. you know, I yeah. think I have to do all of the things. Oh my gosh. Yes. I totally know what you're talking about. I, I think it's really easy to just start like mm-hmm. noticing all the things that need to get done and just start doing them mm-hmm. um, and kind of get in that momentum. Right. But yeah, for sure. It's really nice to have somebody kind of on the outside of your head. Like, <laughs> yes. really don't need to say yes to that thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I like to tell couples, it's like, do like, like check-ins and where you're looking at the calendar for the things coming up. Cause my mm. thing is, like, oh, I scheduled the, you know, the dentist, the orthodontist, the doctor's appointment or whatever. And then I just kind of assume that I'm taking, you yeah. know, or then uh-huh. I feel the pressure that I have to take them. And mm. he's like, no, you just, just tell me like, I can, you know, re- whatever, take some time off work or do whatever and, and help you do that. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So just because I like scheduled it doesn't mean I have to do it all too. They, for sure. They yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to like, look at 
you know, check in on those schedules and look at those things and see how you can help each other out. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm thinking about, especially in that, in the kind of early months of mm-hmm. having a baby as the title, one of your chapters is a, a new normal. Mm-hmm. And I love that because that's it, like in this transition, you are really trying to figure out what the mm-hmm. new normal is. And if you are kind of in your head with all of these mm-hmm. things that you're just describing, all the things you need to do, like doctor's appointments and whatnot, um, it can, it, and you're used to just like handling stuff, let's mm-hmm. say like pre, right? you just do what you need to do for yourself. And if you're making those appointments, yeah, you, you might feel like you're the one who needs to take it, uh, take the baby or, or whatever. People might be feeling like they're the one who has to do everything. But mm-hmm. if you're creating a new normal with your partner, mm-hmm. that's going to look very different. And if you're not communicating about that, which is essentially like what you're saying, how important communication is, right? that, that new normal is going to feel terrible if you're taking everything on. And you know, I'm thinking like, well, like where does resentment, mm-hmm. if somebody's already not feeling anxious and depressed um, mm-hmm. already, resentment right. over time can lead to that. Right, right. Feeling that overwhelm and, and stress for that long right. period of time. Because if we're, you know, we know that, when we have a good, you know, our relationship help us in with the depression and anxiety, right? Like if we have a good support system and, mm. you know, a risk, or I guess I should say like a risk, risk factor of, you know, depression, anxiety is like marital conflict and stuff. So it's mm. like, if we like work on that too, you know, I think it's so important. For people who are like absolutely overwhelmed and feeling mm-hmm. anxious and feeling depressed and mm-hmm. are also thinking like, how am I going to work on my relationship? Yes. Like I can barely get sleep. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because, let's face it, 
life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts. I think maybe you alluded to this a little bit with the, like the little check-ins or the, mm-hmm. the shorter stuff. What what are some other kind of tangible things that you've seen people do or you help people do to, yeah. to deal with trying to stay connected during all of this overwhelm? Right. Well, I mean, I think it, that's part of it, right? Like the little check-ins and breakdown, like what is it that I really need? And it's like, like sleep, like, mm-hmm. you know, oftentimes, you know, especially if you have a baby that's waking up multiple times a night and when we're not getting sleep again, that like leads to the mood and anxiety disorders. It's like, okay, we've got to like, like break it down. Like, how am I going to get more sleep? Like Mm -hmm. I need help. You know, how can you support me? How can we, you know, change our like schedule a little bit that, you know, I can get a longer chunk of sleep, you know, especially if, if you're breastfeeding or something or like, how can we do that? Mm -hmm. How can we manage that? Because the way it's working isn't working. And you know, I always like to say like, this isn't forever. Like this, like you go to bed early, you know, I stay up late or whatever. Like we don't get to connect at night. Like that won't be like that forever. It's like a period of time until, you know, the baby's sleeping longer and I can get a more regular, you know, sleep. But that, I think that is a, a, an important thing to focus on. Like what are, like, how do we take the overwhelm? Like if you're so overwhelmed, it is like, I can't even work on my relationship. It's like, okay, well, how do we like break things down and make it and do work on one thing at a time? And I think like sleep is always to me, like the number one thing, because it can affect so much. Like I know when I don't get enough sleep, like, (laughs) I mean, I I don't even know how I survived this, like (laughs) the two pregnancies and postpartum, like, Mm -hmm. but we did it much better the second time because I did figure out how to get extra sleep and it was so much easier. And my mood was better in that regard and everything. So yeah, same. Yeah. Sleep is so important for sure. And people, I don't, you know, you wouldn't necessarily say like, oh, me getting sleep is going to help me feel more connected to my partner, but there's, it does not in a a direct way, but because you're, you have more patience, you, you feel supported. Like there's so many things that, that go into that sleep equation. So going kind of back a little bit to early postpartum, what, and specifically staying connected regarding intimacy, and I'm not even talking about sex specifically, um, just closeness because of all of the things you've already described that kind of get in the way of that. Oh, one of them is how you may be feeling about your own body and your own body in relation to your partner sometimes too. Yeah. Can you speak a little bit to that space of transitioning into life with a, your, a new relationship with your body? Yeah. I mean, I think that can be, that is a huge issue oftentimes for women, especially if we've had like some body, you know, issues with our, our, how we perceived our body prior to having a child and then our body does not look the same. It doesn't feel the same. And sometimes when our partner touches us, it, that doesn't feel the same, you know, yeah. and it can be uncomfortable. And so I think, again, I'm, this is where the communication is important because we, we need to share like where we're at and how we're feeling. And, you know, when we're wanting to be intimate, like, especially in those early months, you know, what felt good previously might not feel good 
right now? And how do we talk about that? Or how do we navigate that together instead of like just shutting the door and not having anything because, you know, we're not feeling good in our body, but then we, you know, put that wall up or shut the door or whatever. And then our partners like feels, re- can re- feel rejected too. And like, you know, I hear this a lot, like, well, let's, they're not even interested in me anymore. Where oftentimes that's not the case. It's, there's more to it going on. So it's like, okay, let's talk about that. Let me, you know, help support you. Like, what do you need? And you know, what is happening with your body? And is it normal stuff? Or is there, there are things that maybe need to be checked out or talked to by a doctor, you know, pelvic floor type stuff or whatever that is. So I, which I know we don't talk about enough and I think I'm hearing about it more and more, which it makes me excited, but like, you know, women just kind of, you know, we'll just accept things and think that this is how it's supposed to be. This is what happened. I had a baby and it's like, we don't have to necessarily accept everything being uncomfortable or not feeling right. So yeah, that's, that's like a whole other episode (laughs) that is episode yeah yeah Yeah, just the amount of stuff that we kind of put up with and think we have to put up with in terms of how our body feels and people discounting us and whatnot yeah yeah okay I can't go down that road (laughs) because I might I might just go off (laughs) it makes me so angry yeah so that we'll save that for another time but right so if I mean, you were describing, I think something that I really important that I want to highlight is that um, that internal stuff, the stuff we're feeling internally, our partners might not know that we feel that way. So then they, all they are doing is interpreting it Mm -hmm. as sometimes just rejection, just straight rejection. When um, let's just say in this case, the, the, the mom who's feeling that way might just be so overwhelmed with how she's feeling. But um, again, back to that communication. Yeah. Man, a lot can be assumed in incorrect assumptions, but if you don't have anything to go on, yeah, we just start telling stories to ourselves. Yeah. Right. Well, and I think the I think something like I struggled with was, you know, and you kind of had said this before, like we're so used to doing things that we need to do or, you know, and if we've been in our relationship long enough, we've kind of like learned how to, you know, do things and a lot of things mm-hmm. that we don't communicate about. And I think having the baby all of a sudden it's like we have to communicate about everything, you know, or yeah. you end up feeling like overwhelmed. And, and so it's like, okay, like, how do we go from like, oh, we've learned how to manage and we don't need to, I don't have to talk to my husband about getting my hair done until like the baby's here. And now I'm like, oh, wait, like who's watching the baby? Am I going at this time? You know, there's a mm-hmm. lot of navigating words before it's like, I didn't have to navigate the things I did for myself and it changed postpartum. So now I feel like I'm communicating about everything or I don't want to, because I, you know, I don't want to have to ask, or I don't want to have to, you know, and then that causes like conflict and stuff, but it's like, it's not like necessarily asking. It's more like, okay, how are we navigating this together? Ooh, that's really important. Yeah. Cause it's, uh, that sucks to feel like you're like quote unquote asking for permission to go like, whatever, get your hair done or whatever it is. He hates it when I, when I, he's all, when it's like, sounds like an ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it, but it is like, it's like, I'm asking like how we're going to manage the schedule, not necessarily like for permission, permission, to do, right? you know, right. for sure. Yeah. But that kind of stuff can really get in the way of intimacy yeah. too. Like, I mean, all of this, not communicating yes. all, all of it ends up getting in, in the way of closeness and feeling connection. And then going back to the body stuff, really specifically, if, if somebody's mm-hmm. feeling like their, their body has changed yeah. in ways that makes them feel uncomfortable. Right. Right. 
you know, sometimes people are making assumptions that like, oh, I, if I don't feel good about my body, then my partner must not either. Right. right. When oftentimes that's not the case. Absolutely. Do you yeah. see that a All lot? The times oh yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I was talking to a couple one day and then she just started crying when he was like, I can't like, well, he was so upset to hear how she perceived herself and then the tears. And I was just like, yeah, like neither one of them knew what was going on in their own heads, you know? And it was like, mm-hmm. it, you know, he hurt for the thought that she would think so poorly of herself. And then for her to hear him say like, oh my gosh, you look, you know, I like as if nothing had ever changed, you know, right, like, right, you, right. Are, you know, and maybe more amazing. Cause you had just gave birth to a baby, like your body, awesome. you know, how awesome are you? You know? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 That's a good one. Right. Yeah. Some partners do have some really newfound respect for, mm-hmm. uh, you know, birth or what yeah. the, what their partner's body can do and, and all of that. That's, mm-hmm. that's a really good point. It's yeah, I guess it kind of all of this comes back to communication, right. trying to not make assumptions about what your partner is thinking or feeling. And that's right. on both sides. Right. Yeah. It, it can get really dicey in there without yeah. the communication. That seems yeah. to be the thing that holds everything together. Yeah, I think so. And I, I think it's just even sometimes it's even simply communicating like, oh my gosh, things are so different. Like, how are we doing? You know, it's so different for yeah. both of us. Just mm-hmm. plain and simple. Like, how, so how are we doing? How are we managing this? And it is a new normal, but it's like, sometimes it can be an even better normal once you figure out like, you know, you get on the right road together. Like sometimes, you know, you have to smooth the road out a little bit but it can get better. And it's, you know, you can still do the same things that you used to do. It just might look a little bit different. And what were those things that you really enjoyed doing together? And how did you spend time together? And how can you start, you know, incorporating some of those things, maybe not in the big ways you did before, but in like smaller ways. For sure. So in terms of, uh, you know, you, you said many times how important even just like small check-ins are. Do you, is there any Anything, that, any advice, I guess you could give to people who want to do something like that, how to make sure it doesn't fall through the cracks because mm-hmm. um, in the busyness of all of this, it'd be really easy to not, yeah. not check in. Yeah. I, I would try to, I think it's like, if you can pick the time of day that you're going to do it and mm-hmm. you know, I do, you know, ideal is the same time every day, but people have different kinds of schedules. So, you know, it could be like, oh, we had our check-in today and it's like, okay, let's look at our calendar. What's a good time tomorrow? according to plan, you know, and then Mm -hmm. like, how can you do it? Is it like, you know, you know, it's hard, you know, if you have kids running around, but it's like, oh, if we go for a walk and then we're pushing them a stroller, like maybe we can do a check-in that way, or they're playing here, you know, doing their thing. And like, let's have a quick check-in or like right when they go to bed, or maybe we, I mean, this was never us, but (laughs) maybe your kids sleep in long enough that you can get up early and have a cup of coffee together and have a check-in, or maybe it's even like on a lunch break and you're not in the same place, but you hop on the phone or FaceTime or whatever. And you check in with each other, you like finding those little times. And, you know, it's like, I mean, ideally 10 to 15 minutes, but sometimes you you don't have that much time. So it's it's shorter, but you know, you add that time up over the course of a week and month and, and any of those minutes like count for something. Yeah. I love that, that you're, you're breaking it down into those like little bite-sized kind of pieces. Cause it can, I, I think it could feel really overwhelming to feel like, yeah. Oh, we got to like set aside all this time and I don't have time. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, I'm going to sit down with like a pad of, you know, like I feel like it, it right. doesn't have to 
it's like how do you get the <laughs> nothing like that it's nothing uh, like that doesn't I mean, have to be formal you're looking at your calendars and maybe you're writing things down but mm-hmm. the little check-ins like even if it's something as simple as like hey you know you're scheduled to do this or are you still getting home earlier you know are you still working late like you know checking in about those kind of things for sure just to know that you're both going in the same direction on the right. same page and if there's time then kind of seeing how each other is doing, how everyone's coping. Yeah. Right. It's really, really important. So communication, 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 (laughs) (laughs) and then, (laughs) right. But right. It doesn't have to take up your whole life, like 10 minutes just to see. And it could be like fun things, like communicating Mm -hmm. about the things that you like to do or like, you know, making a list of things like, okay, when we have more time, when we have a babysitter or whatever, like let's make our bucket list of things that we want to do together or like, mm. oh, oh, I thought I saw this new restaurant. Like, let, let's check that out the next time we have it. And like, write these things down. So when you have those opportunities to have those dates and stuff, it's, you can remember it. Cause I feel like I'm usually like, oh, I saw this. That looks good. And then it's like, comes time to go do something. It's like, what do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do? <laughs> For sure. It's like, let oh. me go back to the list that we've been creating, you know, or oh, like, yeah we want to go away, you know, eventually, you know, for a weekend somewhere or something like that, like start making those lists. So it's like, oh yeah, these, this is how we want to, you know, enjoy our time together and have fun or, you know, trying something new or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that in. Cause yeah, it doesn't have to be just all about business and serious yeah. and, and all of that. Oh, I love that. Yeah. You're so right about writing down things because, um, like that foggy headedness and memory, like not being able to remember stuff is so real Mm -hmm. when, especially in those early months, but let's be honest, like (laughs) it's just, it's just, it's a little bit hard these days in general. Yes. Yes. Um, It really is. The stress we're going through. Right. Yeah. So this is uh, hopeful. This feels hopeful, like that people don't have to feel disconnected. There's this path that that you're offering them. Right. And I mean, it takes work, right? Like we know Mm -hmm. all relationships as good as they are take work, but it's like, even if it's like you are in that place postpartum and you're really struggling and it feels like, oh my gosh, what happened to our relationship? It, It doesn't have to be negative. It doesn't have to be, feel this hard. It's just finding, you know, let's find those little ways to like reconnect with each other and make that time. And though it's harder to, you know, because time is less abundant, it is possible to do it. For sure. Well, I thank you so much for all of this. Um, Let me pause here real quick for a second. Do you feel like we got in enough of the the stuff that you like had in mind? Okay. I just want to make sure. Um, Is there anything else that you want to end on before I wrap us up? I don't think so. Well, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on and giving us all of these good tips. And I know that there are a lot more in your book, Happy with Baby. And I hope that everyone can go grab a copy and have this. It's it's um, accessible and it gives really good examples of what happens for couples mm-hmm. um, and how to cope and deal. And I, I just think it's such a fabulous resource for families yeah. out there. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm happy to have you on. and. Someday we'll have you on again with your next book. Huh? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we like 10 years. That's about oh, yeah. <laughs> like how long it took me to write this one. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's tough business. Yeah. I appreciate how hard it is to write a book and yes. it's such an awesome resource. So thanks. Oh, thank you so again much. So much.
There is so much more to know about the transition into parenthood when it relates to you and your partner. There is so much to know about the transition into parenthood as a couple. And as you heard, a lot of it is related to communication. So if you'd like to learn more and get Catherine's new book, Happy with Baby, please do go to her website, happywithbaby.com, or find it on Amazon. And for those of you who are listening and know that there are other people who could really benefit from hearing this conversation, please do forward this. It is so important that we're all sharing this information with each other so that nobody feels like they're going through this alone. Thank you so much for being with us. Until next time. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please share this podcast. Together we can support moms and families so that no one has to deal with this alone. Come connect with us at momandmind.com. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.